This is Shifting Our Schools episode 79, Moses Lake and the YouTube Tech Coach Challenge. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to another Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for tuning in and subscribing to us in your favorite podcast player, whatever that might be. I was over at iTunes today making sure that everything looked good on the feed and noticed we're up to 18 reviews. Thank you to all of you who have left reviews about the podcast and your favorite player. And if you haven't and you're a podcast listener, I ask that you please take some time to leave a review for all of your favorite podcasts, whether this is one of them or not. It helps all podcasters be recognized and show up in search results. So if you listen to a lot of good podcasts, make some time to just go over and give them a review. It helps us all out, um, whatever the podcasts are that you listen to. I think that's just a great way to show your thanks and appreciation. Uh, This week, I did want to announce that I am now filling up my calendar for August keynote dates to open the school year. If you think my talk titled respecting students and their culture would be relevant to your school district or staff please do reach out to me if you want to hear some of what that keynote offers you can listen to episodes 63 64 74 and 75 which all give pieces of kind of what that uh, what that keynote is about in some different context Uh, From time to time, many of you know, if you're a listener of this podcast, that uh, I actually record some of my talks. And so those ones, again, 63, 64, 74, and 75, those episodes, you'll get bits and pieces of what this year's keynote is going to be about, which is truly just how do we understand the culture of our students today We respect it, and then we use that in our classrooms. And I think we just have to get to a place where we really start to understand that this generation, right now being called Generation Z, is a very different generation, and they deserve a different kind of schooling, and they deserve our respect in the way that they were raised. So that's really what the keynote is this year to get things kicked off. Uh, My dates are first come, first serve, or first contact uh, basis. So whatever dates are are still available, um, I'll let you know. Uh, And I do fill up relatively fast. That's why I'm, I'm announcing this now is because I've already got a couple dates in there and I just wanted to make sure everybody had an equal opportunity. If you feel like I'd be a good keynote to start your year, please reach out. All right. This week, I sit down with Monica and Stefan, who are tech coaches in Moses Lake, Washington, in the Moses Lake School District. This year, I have been working with six groups of teachers, high school math, high school history, middle school math, middle school history, and fifth grade teachers. Monica and Stefan have been to all 18 trainings supporting their teachers and building their social capital, which is so important as tech coaches. And when I mean they have been to the trainings, I mean they do the trainings. They are doing the activities with the teachers. They are engaging in conversations. If you want to see fantastic uh, tech coaching at work, you got to come to Moses Lake and tag along with Monica and Stefan. They are just uh, great examples of what great tech coaching looks like. In my last week here for the school year, uh, I finally had an opportunity to sit down with a microphone and just talk about the trainings we went through this year, the changes that we're all seeing in teachers. And my favorite part of the interview is an internal little competition they have going on subscribers to their YouTube channels, where they both post 
those videos for the educators in their district and beyond. And I just love, they've got this running battle. It's so fun. You're going to hear about it in the podcast as well. But what a great little competition. And they're constantly going back and forth with teachers about the competition uh, to get new subscribers to their podcast. And don't worry, I promise them both, there will be links to their channels in the show notes because I want other tech coaches and other teachers who are listening to this, please go and subscribe to their YouTube channels. They are posting uh, some great uh, just just great videos that they are releasing for their own teachers, but of course, put them out there for everybody to learn from. So just really good coaching strategies when it comes to that. And you're going to get to hear a little bit more about that as well, and how these two are leveraging video to support their educators. You're in for a treat to learn from these two fantastic coaches. And with that, on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm here with my two favorite coaches in Moses Lake. Um, yes, I know. I know. In all of Moses Lake, my two, my favorite two tech coaches. Uh, no, you guys really are. Uh, we're doing a lot of work here. I've been working with Moses Lake this year, uh, taking some teachers through some training. So I thought I would sit down with Monica and Stefan and just have you uh, talk about how where we're at, where we're going, and just kind of give a background on some of the trainings we've been doing and what are you seeing as you roll out this one-to-one. So let's introduce ourselves first. So go ahead. Stefan. So my name is Stefan Troutman. It's my first year as a technology coach, and I'm up at the Moses Lake High School. And before this, you were a teacher of? Seventh grade English. Awesome. Yeah, for six years. And how did you get this role? Why did you decide to be coach? Or what, 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 why did you decide to apply to do this thing? In large part because of Monica. So, <laughs> cool. uh, wow. Um, well... Okay, whatever. Uh, she uh, has done a great job of supporting the district uh, in moving forward with a lot of those 21st century tools. So um, it started off as being put on that vertical team several years ago uh, that was put together to kind of align some conversations, cool. uh, K-12. And then uh, uh, that just kind of, we, more and more opportunities, building things in, adoption of the G Suite of tools. Uh, and then that pilot program last year really transformed my, my classroom and did some great things for kids and um, just along with Monica's support and district support I felt really empowered and was just excited about helping bring that vision to other teachers classrooms just because cool. I saw that potential impact yeah. I love that yeah. I love that and Monica, how about you? Fourth year being a coach. I'm just I'm writing a check out to Stefan right now. <laughs> for, for saying all, all those time. nice yeah, things. There you go. Yeah, the perfect. amount's getting bigger and bigger. So thank you. Uh, I'm Monica Macti, and this is my fourth year as instructional technology coach in Moses Lake. Um, this is my 20th year in the district. Wow, so cool. mostly spent in elementary classrooms. The last five years in the classroom was middle school math, which probably pushed me out of the classroom, <laughs> out of yeah, running what... and screaming. Um, it's been every year of coaching has been so different. Um, yeah. Last year was probably my favorite year, um, piloting 41 classrooms in grades 312 across 15 different buildings. Wow. So um, it was quite the endeavor for sure. Uh, when we first started talking about the pilot project, it was one superintendent and she had a, a benchmark of maybe 12 to 15 teachers making yeah. the pilot project. And then we switched to a different superintendent. And then those applications started rolling in, and we got so excited with with the people that were applying that, well, yes, and we want them, and yes, yeah. and yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, um, ending up with 41, and pretty wow. overwhelming for sure. Um, but that's the problem. When teachers want to be a part of something like that, it makes it really hard to say no. Absolutely. I mean, how do you say no? 
Like I, I can't imagine being people in districts because I know districts where they had to cut it off. But I love that you guys are like, no, if you want to be a part and, of it. And we did have to turn some away. Yeah. I, I kept, I mean, my eyes just got bigger and bigger the yeah. more the superintendent was saying yes and yes and yes. And um, some in some buildings we had one lonely teacher all by themselves. In some buildings we had grade level teams. Um, so it just depended what building happened. Um, we did break those 41 teachers into eight cohorts, mm-hmm. and I got to meet with those cohorts once a month. And really, just like we want to personalize with kids, we wanted to personalize with the teachers. So we gave them the opportunity to decide if they wanted to meet during the school day, they got a half-day sub, or if it was better for their family and their practice to meet for three hours after school. Very cool. So I feel like part of the success was giving teachers the opportunity. The is it going to be better here or is it going to be better there? and what's going to fit your family. So we got to meet three hours a month, and consistent and ongoing professional development is definitely my mantra. It's huge, isn't it? It's huge. So how did that then, I mean, obviously you had this, that had to help the district make the the decision to go to a full one-to-one program, I would think, that when you have 41 teachers take part in something like that, that that really gets the ball rolling. For sure. And then this year, so this year, school year 2018-2019 is your first so you are one to one six through twelve mm-hmm. and then what does elementary look like at this we point? have about 20 one-to-one classrooms they were pilot classrooms, pilot classrooms last year and then they stayed one-to-one this year mm-hmm. so um really at our middle schools most of the middle schools had we have large middle schools but we only had maybe six or seven participants last year Mm -hmm. but the counselors were smart enough to make sure that every kid was in one of those six or seven classrooms throughout the course of the day and so our middle schools last year were very close to being one-to-one and our high school we really did kids a disservice because only seven teachers at our very large high school uh, were one-to-one so kids carried around a chromebook all day but really only used it one class period a day and that was kind of a nightmare definitely would do things differently yeah um we went one-to-one 612 really because middle school was already pretty close to -to one-to-one and then we went um high school because we had some high school and beyond plans that we wanted to um, implement and the technology was essential Mm -hmm. to that so talk about um this being the first year, what were some of those hurdles at the high school that you feel like in September, October, like if, another, if a school district right now is getting ready to roll out one-to-one next year, like what are some of those hurdles to look for? Distribution some, was the first one. Yeah. Like, holy cow. Yeah. And as Monica mentioned, we have a very large high school. So yeah. 100 plus teachers. You yeah. Know, translate that to two. Second largest students. in the state. I was just on the website the other day That's and saw you were second largest in the state. Yeah. And so uh, none of those kids had Chromebooks. And uh, passing out those Chromebooks was... Uh, a manageable nightmare, but a nightmare nonetheless. Yeah. And um, that came down to a lot of prior planning. Uh, the school decided to hand them out at registration. Uh, and, you know, we learned from our mistakes. You know, it, um, not every kid got a Chromebook there, so it was an ongoing process with yeah. um, kids getting them. Again, in hindsight, something probably would have done differently. Um, kids don't have their Chromebooks on the first day of school. We hand them out in, in their English class. So they're, you know, something a little bit more manageable that ensures every kid gets a Chromebook because some of those kids like to play the gaps. Yeah. Um, like, uh, why can't I do my work? Because I never got a Chromebook. And no one, you know, so, yeah, right. yeah, of course. Um, the, you know, self-enabling attitude we're trying to avoid. So um, there was that. That first hurdle was just, you know, getting the devices into the hands of the students. And uh, we are, I mean, that's that's a, a blessing that we have and that we yeah. actually have those devices and cases for every kid and charges for every kid. And then backups for when they, you know, just to to really keep those in the hands of kids so that way their their education isn't interrupted which yeah. is awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll deal with that one for sure 
Uh, and then the second big one is just living with the reality that your kids have Chromebooks. You know, that takes a gigantic philosophical shift in the mind of a teacher in yeah. order to transform their classroom. So um, a lot of the teachers are not super comfortable with the tools themselves. And that's where I spend a lot of my time is um, how to, you know, manage your email coming in, how to set up Google Classrooms and all of that is extremely necessary. And it's work Monica's been doing for years. Uh, it's just we now forced a need onto those high school that's teachers. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's been a big, I mean, as, as a first-year tech coach, it's been a big learning curve for me is people aren't going to do things until they see a need for it. Yeah. And that's something I recognize with my students, but, you know, we're all human yeah. beings. It's kind of just in-time so, learning. Just yeah. Well, and, and I think we know that, right? Like the, the, the problem with some of, and this even gets into the professional development side of things as well, is that if you make something optional, then you're allowed to opt out, where all of a sudden you give every kid a Chromebook. It's not optional anymore. This is the way that work gets done. You're going to need something like a Google Classroom. You're going to need to think differently because it's not. It's no longer optional. Where before, even up until that, even optional being a part of the pilot program, right? Like yeah. there are optional things you can do, and now all of a sudden you can't, and so that becomes a reality for teachers. And there's there's definitely a part of that. Uh, what what did it look like the rest of the school? Or middle school any different or? This year? Yeah, this year going one-to-one. Roll um, out about the same or? Well, I ran around to three middle schools registration and really talking to parents. That, yeah. that big role, one of our goals this year for both Stephen and I was that parent communication. Mm-hmm. These devices are not only now in the hands of their students during the school day, but they're coming home at night. So Stephen's done a great job providing parent nights. Um, he made a website for parents to go and access resources. Really trying to get out in front of that app registration, right, yeah. talking with parents in the line. And just putting questions? a face with the tech yeah. department. So Stefan was at all the high school registration days and talking to parents, and that was great. And you guys are doing PTO, right? Like you've I, met we with have every... 10 elementary schools, and I've been to all 10 PTOs and That's sat great. at a meeting. Um, and just watching their eyes widen and understand really what our goals are. It's mm. not that we want kids sitting in front of a computer all day like little robots, um, but the way we want kids to be creators of content and yeah. not just consumers and the pieces we have in place to keep their kids safe. Um, they didn't know. They, 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 don't, they don't know. So going to PTO meetings, I've also been to many open houses, um, STEM nights, and some of those nights I'm just standing there with a big sign that says, ask me questions. Um, I did do a technology night at one of the elementary schools, but it's hard to get parents in. Yeah. Um, really hard to get and parents in. And just being visible. Anywhere you can be visible. Yeah. PTO nights, parent nights, like anything you do that. Um, that's awesome. I love that. I'd like Any way you can get the community involved, especially in your one, parents you know, can can derail a program really quickly well, if you don't reach out to them. A lot of times they're just looking like, I mean, I fielded so many calls at the end of the year about frustrated parents and um, the whole opt-out process between, you know, are we going to allow parents to opt out of, I mean, of yeah. the program? And so fielding those calls, I told, you know, send them to me first. You know, let me yeah. talk to them first. And 99% of the time, I didn't do anything. I sat there on the phone and listened for 20 minutes while the parent talked to themselves into their student being in the pilot yeah. program. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they need somewhere to vent those frustrations yeah. and vent their fears and be reassured that we, we've done the back end work we we are prepared we want what's best for your kid and they do they want a face they want a voice they want someone to connect with and then they feel more comfortable with that it's pretty awesome yeah i love that so this year is part of being uh the first year of your one-to-one program uh you're you love embedded professional development long-term development, which is why i'm here now uh but talk about why why did you decide that why why did you decide these groups so year one we've been working with math and history Mm -hmm. we've had uh, today was day two training three day two of middle school math teachers uh, and then tomorrow we have middle school history and then next week high school and then a fifth grade um 
So talk about why why those groups. Why did we? Why did you decide to set it up this way? Can you kind of just talk about what's the vision? What's your vision or the school district's vision on doing this these professional development trainings? Well, really, the logistics of um, math. I, I think math is hard to integrate technology with. And yeah. teachers were having me come in and asking me questions, and I looked like a deer in headlights because I I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So we picked math specifically because it is difficult to yeah, integrate. Yeah, that's great. And then we picked um, history because the opposite. It seems like it lends itself. Pretty Pretty well to global um, collaboration and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, this year in Moses Lake, we didn't um, pick science because we had a new science adoption, and those teachers are overwhelmed with new science yeah, kits. Great choice. And we didn't pick ELA because they I added. Had, when I had taught ELA for six years, and having flipped my classroom last year with technology, um, at least at that high school level, we felt they would get a halfway decent support with. Yeah. Here are some things that have worked and have been awesome, and that's um, great. Just felt a little bit more equipped to do that on hand training. Um, with the idea that hopefully this is continuing and ongoing yeah, and right. we'll get it down the road. Yeah, yeah. Great. So what have you seen? What are some of the, I guess, some of the things you've seen come out of these trainings? Uh, Excited teachers. <laughs> engaged teachers. Enabled and equipped teachers. Like, I mean, it's it's terrifying. For someone who's not comfortable with a Chromebook in their classroom, then you give them to 30 of their kids and it's terrifying and, you know, it's the fight or flight mechanism and they're going to they're gonna fight by putting them in, in, in the backpacks and say don't touch them. And so to enable teachers and give them the tools to feel empowered to, yes, I can do this and take those baby steps, just to even feel supported with professional development has been incredibly powerful. Yeah. Pushing them. Pushing them a little harder than maybe some of them are ready to be pushed. And that's why you've been so instrumental in our district. Your, I mean, global experience and, and what you've done. Um, yeah, I can show them how to do Google Sites, but right. the stories you come with and the approach that you bring um, and being an outside source. Yeah, um, the suitcase you can, rule. You can say things and you can walk away <laughs> and then Stefan so and I good. can pick up the pieces. Yeah, I know. It's so um, good. <laughs> but it has been exciting just to see teachers excited about what's happening in their classrooms. They know that this is what's best for kids. Yeah. They know that it is more engaging than what they've been doing. Uh, some of them know what they're doing isn't working yeah. and they are willing to, to look outside the box. So, yeah. um, it's a roller coaster, ups and downs yeah, for sure. For sure. For yeah. sure. And well, we all need to be pushed too. Yeah. I mean, you don't want, what's that saying? The, the worst reason for doing something is because it's what we've always done. Yeah, right? right. And so you constantly need to be pushed in new ways and to be, yeah. to have that wealth of experience come in and um, just kind of challenge teachers and make them uncomfortable yeah. that that breeds innovation. And I think it's a really good time to do it too and you're because you're just rolling out your one-to-one -one program and so they're uncomfortable anyway. So why not help them and support them be, in being uncomfortable? And I think that becomes to me is always, you know, part of the reason why you know, the earlier you can do this. And the thing I love about the way that you guys are rolling this out as well is that the kids have the devices while we're doing the professional development. All too often, you know, schools or, or teachers believe that they think they need to have all the answers before the kids get the devices. And I mean, we know that that doesn't work because I, we can all teach everybody how to use Google Classroom, but if you don't actually have kids to go back and use it every day with, you're not gonna remember where to click for the assignment. You're not gonna remember, like you've got to be in it. You know, and that's where I, I just love that w it, this is embedded. And talk a little bit about, because one of the biggest pushbacks that I hear from school districts is there's no way we can fund or make the time to pull, like today we had uh, 11 teachers out of the classroom, which meant you're paying for a sub and you're paying all these teachers to be here to get professional development during the school day. Like we spent eight hours looking at units, redefining units today, what that looks like. How did you, how did you 
go to the administration or did the administration come to you? How did, how did you make this a priority for the district? Uh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> we, feel, we feel lucky and blessed in that sense, I guess. I mean, when we went to visit uh, Enumclaw in, yeah. in the fall, you know, Christy is on board. She knows that that's our executive director of teaching and learning. She yeah. knows that this is what's best for kids. We have a superintendent that believes in this mission um, and is, is willing to make that decision to make that a priority. And that was one of the things that we bought into at the beginning was if you're going to go with this, you kind of have to go whole hog. Yeah. You have to make it a priority. If we believe in a consistent, ongoing, meaningful professional development for teachers, then it has to happen. To provide that. Yeah. And I mean, I've been doing 15 schools for yeah. three years by myself, running around, trying to do the best I can. Now she's doing 14. And now I'm doing 13. Um, you, but, you stepped up and took one. Congratulations. Yeah. But we knew at the high school yeah, level right. that the, there needed to be, he needed to be one of them. Right. He needs to be in their hallways. He needs to be in their staff room. And he's in their face. I mean, everybody knows Stefan. He's yeah. in the parking lot. And he's constantly having conversations. And it's taken time for him to develop relationships with teachers. Yeah. There are still teachers where he's just learning the names of their wives and their children. So so he right. can develop that personal relationship so when they're ready for that professional relationship and asking for and help. And that is so huge in coaching, isn't it? it that it personal really relationship. You know, like to your point, even with, you know, with the parent community being out there and like you said, holding up signs saying, ask me questions yeah. about technology, you know, is one side of it. But then the other side of it, of, you know, being in staff meetings, you know, even though you have 14 schools, it's like being in staff yeah. meetings or going and sitting in the library, even though nobody's using you, you know, that you're just there, just being present it speaks so much with social capital is what we call it, right? Building social capital so that you can get into those rooms when they're ready to open the door. Right. We, we send home emails or we send out emails to all staff all the time. I call them slams. I try and make videos under 60 seconds. It's giving a tip or a trick. Yeah. Um, I'm going to wait for Stefan to interrupt me and, and promote our, oh, YouTube, I should find our YouTube channel. Oh, find the URL for my YouTube channel. Oh. That's great. <laughs> we, we will have because I wanted to talk yeah, about this. we have a contest. I'm I up love to 203 this. followers. Stefan only has like 204? maybe... Uh, <laughs> He's still in the hundreds. So, um, but we're going out there and trying new things and yeah. showing teachers that we may fail and look like idiots, but at least we're trying. Yeah. And we will make sure that both of your YouTube URLs make it into the show notes. I promise I'll even put them next to each other so somebody doesn't rank higher than the other because I know how this, but I want you to talk about that because I think that is such a powerful way. You know, you're supporting fit two people, 15 schools. You can't be everywhere at once. And so you both have decided to use YouTube and video as a way to get into the classrooms. And so you even have this internal competition over, <laughs> which I love. But talk about what is what has that impact been of making these videos? Have you gotten feedback from teachers? Have you gotten feedback? Uh, well, just, it's not just teachers, like, which yeah, is kind of okay, cool, too. Good. So, I mean, if you talk about somebody who works with every single person in a district, from students to bus drivers to trans, you know, the secretaries, everybody, um, I get comments back on, oh my gosh, that was awesome. And I know time is of the essence, right? right? So a lot of times, if you have 58 seconds and you use Google Calendar, you need to watch this. I love that. And in 58 seconds, we can really, yeah. you know, impact yeah. the use of a tool. Yeah. And so, well, more often than not, in the subject of the email, we're putting the time of the video in the yeah. subject of the email. Like, this is only 58 seconds. You can do this. Stephens you know? are longer than mine. Stephens are wordier. More to say, that's worthwhile. So. <laughs> but, but I love that. I love that even, I mean, that's a great tip. Even in the subject line, if you have 58 seconds and you use Google Calendar. Because right there, before I even watch the, the video... You've given me a clue like, oh, yeah, I've got 58 seconds and I'd love to learn one new thing. You know, I think a lot of times we try to pack too much into a video where if it's just one or two tips. 
And then and my I can favorite do it in a thing is when I get an email asking how to do something, and I'm like, I did a slam last week. <laughs> <laughs> the video is there. It yeah. is there. Yeah. You should watch it. Yeah. So, so you're using YouTube, which I love, in video to reach your teachers. Uh, you're also, I think you hold after school. What are other ways you're, you're supporting teachers? Do you have after school trainings? Mm-hmm. I know that I think I see you coming through here with teachers once a week. Yeah, later. so um, at the beginning of the year, one of the math teachers said, I need just the basics. You know, I know we've had Google for a while, but I just need just the basics. And I said, that's great. And so I uh, created professional development classes that are just one-to-one basics drop-ins. And so um, it's an hour and a half after school, once a month. And we started off with something like Calendar and then Gmail and Google Slides. Uh, Just Monday, we did Google Keep. So it's just the – I mean, I do just keep it very, very very basic. basic of – um, you know, well, here's how you click and drag. I mean, my Google Drive class was, do you know how to right click? You know, do you know what shift click and control click? And you know what these things do, how to optimize your yeah, drive? Because, I mean, there's eventually, you get over that hump of learning and things optimize for you and it's great. Right. You know? But um, there is still a need and people are starting to see the need of, of Google Classroom basics and how to assign assignments. Oh, and that's Monday night, yeah. 4 to 5.30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So this will probably come out after that. Um, it, it, I mean, so, I mean, we really did try to take a poll of what people needed we've sent out forms and how's it going what do you still need and and that's where those relationships come in you know you hear someone talking about you know Google Drive I'm really struggling with this well I've got a class coming up next month you know it's not on the the portal yet because I'm going to go create it right now and specifically for you for you yeah that's great I get a lot of emails and instead of writing back text and paragraphs of this is how you do it I screencastify everything yeah so so the majority of my emails are are screencastified to show teachers how to do things I just taught a lesson and the teacher kind of laughed and giggled and said, do you think I can do that after you leave? <laughs> I can't. And so, okay, I'll screencastify that for you. Yeah. So, um, and then you have the video to put on your YouTube channel or to keep it for the next teacher yeah. that sends you the next email. For sure. Yeah, because sure. a lot of those questions come up again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Canned yeah. response. <laughs> and I think the, the thing to remember, too, and, and this is the thing I love about the work that I get to do with partnering with school districts, is to remind ourselves this is year one. You know, and, and it, the struggle of year one is a real struggle, but to remember, like, it only gets better from here. And I think some of the cool projects, and I, what I wanted to ask you next is, let's, like, give me one project that you've seen this year that you've been like, oh, my gosh, this is year one, and that project's happening in our schools. You know, and I think that's something to, that's something to remember is that it only gets better from here, and everybody is struggling with this, and everybody is thinking differently. And, and, you know, and we still have teachers that are handing out packets, and we still have teachers who you know, have the PowerPoint of 300 slides they've been using for the last five years. And we still have those, and, and that it's going to take time to get to everybody and, and to change the entire culture of a school. It doesn't happen overnight, but you have to start somewhere in the work that we've done. So with that, what are some of the like, cool little tidbits of things that you've seen start to try? transform a a specific project that comes to mind that you're just like this one blew me away well I mean last night we had our vertical team which is one teacher from every building and we just had a collaborative sideshow where they had to um, include links to student work and it was so exciting to see them passionate and excited about what they were doing and I have to tell you one of the teachers I saw today and she said before last night she was on the verge of quitting our vertical team because she didn't feel um, she wasn't good enough She, she didn't feel 
that she could that she was a good participant but she was so inspired by all the other teachers last night she's like there's no way I'm quitting I want to be a member of this team I'm inspired I when you know better you do better and after seeing some of what our teachers are doing she's like I'm all about it even if I'm not quite up to par and she of course is she's on her own journey Um, but how inspired she was Uh, just one of the lessons I was in a staff room at a middle school and the teacher sat down next to me in the staff room and said I'm so excited with what I'm teaching and yeah. just freeze time yeah. in that moment. <laughs> that freeze huge. time. A teacher sat down, bubbling with excitement, yeah. and she had brought in a Native American blanket that had been in her fam- in her husband's family for years. She brought it into her kids and said, "I don't know anything about this blanket. What can we find out?" Cool. And in the past, we could go get an encyclopedia yeah, right. out of the out of the library, or we can go find some books. But these kids were online, and they were researching information about this blanket, and they were so excited. They were looking at the colors and the symbols and the patterns, and there was a symbol that was taking weeks, not weeks, a long time to yeah. figure out what, and once they found the meaning of that, they just lost their minds. Yeah. So I loved it because it didn't, it wasn't a tech project. Right. It wasn't sitting in, but it was research and enthusiasm yeah. and excitement over a Native American blanket and what they learned and the yeah. questions they had and what does this mean and um, I, I won't forget that I'm so cool. excited with what I'm doing and it was richer because of the technology that her kids have. I love that. I love that. You know, I just think of a um, this teacher at the high school who I offhandedly mentioned that like oh blah 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 choose your own adventure with Google Slides which I totally stole from like Google applied yeah. digital skills. Yeah, right? yeah. Right. And I was like, it was fun. It was awesome. Kids got so creative. It was super cool. Well, like two days later, she's like, well, I'm having my avid kids make a cho- oh, sorry <laughs> avid kids make a choose your own adventure with Google Slides, but based off of like basic the different realities of what their life would be based off the choices they made. So as opposed to what do you want to do after high school, she's having them use the tool in a cool way but to really extend their thinking into um and really visualize what's going on there and just i mean i would never have thought of that it was so sweet and uh i was in another class where i was just telling this to a teacher uh today when i was at the high school that um what this person was doing with the tech in their classroom made me a better teacher for being in there she had enabled the environment in her classroom to where her kids we're using the tools at their disposal to do research and to create videos and to create projects, and, and she's having them revamp the rubric and <laughs> uh, and like just to, like to step outside like that. And so then I can walk in as a teacher, and I know little to nothing about her lesson. She just said, "You should come in. It's going to be pretty cool." And of course, yeah. And I could just walk around and say, "So why are you doing that?" And and so explain to me, and what's the purpose of a rubric? And just asking some questions, and these ki- and that's all it took. You yeah. know, and these are these are some of my former students. Like I had them, and they're great kids. But um, what they're doing in her class and the uh, the opportunities that she gave them um, for that, it just it was amazing. So I left feeling like a rock star, yeah. and I did nothing. You yeah. know, and to me, that's the sign of like exceptional. Teaching. Yeah, I love that, and I love even in trainings. You know, like today we had people working on units and revamping the unit, be project based learning, and all of a sudden I, that happens all the time where somebody comes up with something. I'm like, why didn't I think about that? Like it's my job to know all this to support you, and I didn't even think about that. That was so. <laughs> amazing i love those moments where you're just like you don't know it all and we can all learn right and, that, and that's so cool so well thank you for taking some time to sit down and chat about your journey uh journey here at moses lake we're not done we've got middle school history tomorrow we'll be right back at it uh, but uh thank you guys for taking some time to record an episode with us thanks jeff
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit sospodcast.org, facebook.com slash Jeff Udick, and on Twitter at judick. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools. Thank you.